Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Girl.gov podcast. I am your host, Rachel, and today we have a very exciting and spooky episode for you. We will be speaking with both Bernice and Paloma from the Haunted San Diego Ghost Tours. Bernice's stage name is Jessie and is originally from Cerritos, California and moved to San Diego where she would become a murder mystery actor. She had found the haunted San Diego ghost tours and has been working with them for almost a year now. She really loves the combination of history and being able to do what she has been doing all along, which is storytelling. And some of her favorite places in San Diego are hiking in Mount Laguna, Cuyamaca, Julian, and other forested areas, visiting Old Town's historical buildings, and going to local metal shows. Paloma's stage name is Mina and is a San Diego State alumni and recently graduated from film school. Her aunt has been taking her to graveyards to go ghost hunting since she was four years old, and her favorite places in San Diego are the local roller rinks with friends and investigating neighborhood hauntings with her aunt. One of her favorite neighborhoods to visit is La Jolla, which has a lot of activity there. I am so excited for you to listen to this episode. We wanted to do something fun and easygoing for Halloween. So I ask you to keep an open mind when listening to these stories. And at the end, we will give information if you would like to go take one of these tours if you are living or here in San Diego. So with that being said, let's get into the episode. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Something we've talked a lot about on this podcast is the importance of mental health, and we know firsthand how difficult taking that first step can be. BetterHelp makes that easier by assessing your needs and matching you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, and since BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Financial aid is available, and you can visit BetterHelp.com slash GirlGovPodcast, that's Better H-E-L-P, and take advantage of the special offer for Girl.gov listeners. You can take 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash GirlGovPodcast. Thanks again, BetterHelp, for sponsoring today's episode. Good morning, everyone. We have a very exciting episode today. Halloween is probably my favorite time of the year. I think a lot of people can kind of agree. So we have Jesse and Paloma from the Haunted San Diego Ghost Tours, and I'll go ahead and let them introduce themselves. My name is Jesse, and my stage name is Bernice Hawthorne. I've been doing the Haunted San Diego Ghost Tours for almost a year now. I started off doing murder mystery the year before, but then COVID killed the troop and left me wanting to talk at people for extended lengths of time and not being able to do so. And so this job opportunity popped up and I was like, oh, I love history. I love dressing up. (gasps) Cool. And believe it or not, I'm actually kind of easily spooked by ghosts. So it's kind of just (laughs) ironies in my life that I became a ghost tour guide. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Paloma. My stage name for the ghost tours is Mina. I named myself after the (laughs) Bram Stoker's Dracula's wife in that whole narrative because it's one of my favorite books ever and one of my favorite movies ever. But similarly, when the pandemic started, I had no job and I have a lot of acting friends. I went to school for film and theater and they're always looking for types of gigs like this in San Diego and one of them had already done it, but once the pandemic started, he, he couldn't go any further with his training until it was back to business. And he told me, you might as well apply. You never know when they're going to open up again. And I was like, okay. 
And I remember bugging Brian specifically. I kept calling and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. And then he called me and I went to audition. And that was, that was the end of that. I met Dante and we talked for about an hour before our actual audition about <laughs> Dracula and ghosts and vampires. So it was nice. I would kind of like to ask you guys, like, how has being a part of this kind of empowered you? Um, how has your experience been being able to tell these stories to people? And like you said, being able to talk to people about history and different stories. Um, how has that been like for you guys? So for me, starting off, I had about a year of murder mystery experience, which is both memorizing a script and improv. And mm. so able to build and expand on that in a very unpredictable environment. So we walk the streets of Gaslamp, which on milder nights, you can still have a heckler or two on like Fridays and Saturdays. It is Mm -hmm. chock full of people. And so being able to manage to hold a group of 20s attention and being able to be like, yes, I see the busker in the corner, but you're here for me. Look at me. Oh, he's heckling again? Well, don't worry about him. I have something saucy to say to him. Now you think I'm funny and witty. Being able to do that and being able to hold people's attention and being able to tell really history that's been hidden in plain sight. A lot of people don't realize how old Gaslamp is. And um, I'll elaborate on that further for context when we talk about the ghost stories. But a lot actually hasn't changed between then and now, because that gas lamp district from the waterfront to Market Street used to be a red light district in its heyday. And so I joke to people that it was off the chain then, it's off the chain now. So (laughs) being able to tell those stories, being able to win people over by saying like, you had no idea, did you? And also being able to just kind of have the ability and power and protection Uh, They will always make sure that you feel safe on the tour. Um, Brian's really good about that. Uh, To be able to tell the the heckler who's telling you, oh, that's BS, to be like, oh, look, guys, a live Yelp review in process. Being able to do that has been very empowering. I would agree with a lot of what Jess is saying. I would say when I first did this job, I love ghosts. I love, love, love ghosts. I have been around ghosts, I would say, most of my life. And by that, I mean, I guess, death, which sounds really morbid when you think about it, but I'm pretty Mexican. So death doesn't really scare anybody in my family and a lot of our extended family. Um, So we've always kind of grown up with like, hey, your grandma passed away, go talk to her. Like things like that. I have an aunt who's a mortician, so she pushed me the most out of anyone in my family to do this job because she was like, who else is going to talk about ghosts better than you? And I was like, okay. And so when I started doing the job, I didn't realize that all the activity I get on all my tours would empower me and the stories about ghosts would empower me the most. I thought actually watching Bernice and Dustin do the more historical approach and would actually inspire me more. I wanted to go down that track, but it was like after my first tour and I saw a ghost, I was like, oh, I I have to talk about ghosts constantly. I have to. And in a weird way, I say this at the end of all my tours, there's a thousand stories in that saloon there on this block. And there's a billion stories in San Diego. And you hear me blather about a few of them every night, 
but I'm just glad I'm not another ghost that just walks and wanders looking for their story. For me, hauntings are more than just a paranormal activity, paranormal ghost. It's a story in a place that happened that can haunt it in good or bad ways. And in that sense, it really empowers me because I think stories are so powerful. Ghost stories are not. So that that's what empowers me the most about it. I love both of your your guys' experience and answers. And it's kind of funny for me because I, I was born and raised in San Diego, but you don't really think about how much history is in the gas lamp. Cause like my experience has been like when I was young, I wasn't allowed because I wasn't 21. And then once I was 21, I'm there like, you know, and so I think I that's it's a really great way to kind of look at it and like understand that there are so many stories behind it. And I think my question for you guys too is like, do you guys ever have anyone that comes on the tours that like don't believe in ghosts, like people who are really skeptical? How how do you kind of gauge that? Well, for me, because I'm such a fierce believer, I'm not the type where if you don't believe in ghosts, oh don't talk to me. Like I don't, that doesn't matter too much to me. What matters is, okay, we have to emphasize convincing you of the paranormal isn't our job. We're trying to tell you a story and whatever happens in that story is up to you what you want to believe or not, but a story still happened. That's the truth of the matter, which is what I try to emphasize, which makes people believe to an extent something happened there that doesn't make sense. You know, that's kind of how I deal with the skeptics. I had this one guy Oh my God. He was so funny. He was there. He was 70 years old, super short, probably my height. And he was there with his, like his family, probably a group of six. And we had about 12 that night. So it wasn't that many people whole time. First of all, 70 years old, keeping up with me, which we walk pretty, pretty fast. He was right next to me the whole time asking me every kind of question. But at the end of it, he's like, yeah, I, have, I never believed in ghosts, but you're interesting. Your tour is interesting. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) So it's kind of like having a back and forth as long as you are still staying true to telling them a story. That's what's important. I think, how do you deal with them in a sense, I guess? Yeah. So for me, sometimes like before the tour even starts, I'll ask a couple people just kind of pre-mingling to see like who's more interested in what, because if I'm talking with people before the tour actually starts and there's like a couple minutes where they're just standing there from there I'll be able to tell whether or not they're more interested in the ghost stories or the history because sometimes I do have people where they're like I don't really believe in ghosts and I tell them like that's okay like that's not my job I'm not here to upsell you on whether you think a ghost exists or not if I see a paper bag skittering down the street I'm not going to tell you oh it's got to be a ghost like (laughs) the wind. And I tell people a lot of times because even some of the supernatural things that have happened on my tour that can be explained one way or the other, I'll give them that option. And it kind of like adds to the comedy. So if something weird happens on my tour, sometimes there's a chance that it was something that I just didn't realize, like some maintenance person just waiting and messing with a door because maybe he heard us talking about the story, or maybe it was a ghost shaking that door. So I'll play it off both ways. I'll be like, all right, guys, either that's a ghost coming in for the saucy retort or maintenance man. Should I give him a dollar tip for scaring us? You know, just kind of giving it to both people. And I've had some people that straight up, it's like, they're, it's very obvious that their spouse or their partner dragged them along and they're kind of just hanging around the background, looking everywhere, but at us. And to them, I usually say, you know what? I'm here to tell you a story, just like Paloma said, and 
if that doesn't interest you, I mean, there's plenty of architecture to look at. At the very least, you're going to get your steps in today because we're going a mile. So there's, I just tell people, you know, there's something here for everyone, whether you believe or not, if you're a historian or you're more into supernatural, or if you just want to have a downtown walking experience, there's never a dull moment in Gaston, so... Definitely. And growing up, Paloma, like what you were talking about, kind of like coming from a traditional Mexican family, ghost stories have always been like a huge part of the culture and like growing up. And it's not so much ghost stories, but like the culture, the stories behind like the people in the family who have passed. So for me, I think growing up, I was like, I don't want to say scared of ghosts, but like I've always been open to the possibility of there being ghosts or like something beyond being on this earth. And I have had like a couple eerie like instances that make me a true believer and I'm so excited to hear your guys's personal stories and what your favorite experiences were maybe on specifically on the ghost tours that you guys run or even just like your favorite ghost story in general I would love to hear what you guys have to say so to give you a little more historical context about gas lamp in general as I mentioned before the Waterfront to Market Street was known as the Stingery District, which was a very violent Wild West type of area. In 1867, Alonzo Horton founded what was Newtown, because the name Old Town was already taken. By the 1880s, it's always the 80s, uh, the wild 80s, that we got the Stingery as we know it with 120 body houses, saloons, gunfights in the street, drugs, everything that you could ask for. And so we have a lot of ghost stories in regards to brothels. In fact, that part of our tour is actually, there's a mature content warning, which is funny because sometimes we get kids and the parents will be like, oh, it's okay. They've got the internet. They already know like what that word means. We're going to learn a new word today, if not. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the stories involve like pretty wild and rambunctious people from the past. So it only makes sense that some of them aren't done with their business on earth. And so that's where some of the ghost stories kick in. And so with that historical context in mind, I'll, uh, I'll let Paloma go first, and then I'll uh, add on to any ghost stories I've had in the area as well. I love when Bernice says ghost repellent, because on my tours, I say ghost magnet. Because I like to tell everyone, and it's a true story, true fact, every tour I've had for the last three-ish months I've worked for this company, I've experienced something and my guests have come up to me and said something. It's not everyone, but it's at least one person every time. And I'm like, do they like me? (laughs) It's so interesting to see that happen so frequently. But because of that, on my tour, I like to open that up. Even if there's non-believers there, I always tend to find if I don't say that, nothing happens nobody's truly open to the fact that tonight you might experience something as far as ghost experiences I have so many on the tours my first tour when I was walking by the tin roof the karaoke bar uh, the story with that place was in the 1890s it used to be a carriage works building where you would go to work on your carriage and the openings to that place are huge so you can like take them to the front and in the back garage the gentlemen work on them but they needed to hire little boys, 10 to 12 year old boys to like help take care of their horses. And I always like to say, children are beautiful, but mistakes always happen when they are around. And so a little boy was 
unfortunately trampled to death by one of the horses that he got spooked one day in the street. And so his spirit haunts the garage area and the kitchen area in the, in the tin roof. And when I was walking by one night, I like to always peek into the karaoke bars because people doing karaoke are so entertaining to me. I looked underneath the table and I saw a little boy staring up at me. And I was like, this is a 21 and up bar. And so I went to the owner the next day, just during the day. And he was like, yeah, you saw him, right? And I was like, yes, I did. (laughs) And uh, I see him not every night since, but very frequently. And it makes sense because he's that the story of his death there. But I also think children who don't move on are very peculiar because for their spirits, it's like another game somewhere, what I would think. But whenever I have that experience, I'm just like, why are you still playing around? I wonder how fun the, the beyond is for them. That was one. And people get freaked out by that one. Every, every time it's a child spirit, they're always like, oh, it's going to be a demon. And I'm like, no, <laughs> the Davis Horton house. That's the place that has so many ghostly experiences I've had on the tour so far. The things that I experienced there are genuinely the things I'm telling them about. Of course, I do dramatize some of the other stuff that me and the tour guides do to each other. Like we throw the ropes down every once in a while just to be like, who did that? Everyone look. And it's just it's so great to see. Oh, I think it was the children and their faces just light up. But I do genuinely think sometimes a lot of the activity in that house is 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 genuine. For example, the other night on my tour. I invited my sister to come along because she's a photographer and she was on the tour with we had a group of like 11 people. We went to the Davis Horton house finally. And there's not really too many stories about there's these two mannequins, one lady in white and then a lady in black, I like to call them. You'll probably know, Bernice, I don't know the origin too much of them, but I see them move every single night. And I always like to tell people, I'm like, the times that I've seen them move, it looks like they're trying to pick up their sleeve and say hi to you. And that night, that is what happened. Everyone in that room looked in that corner when I was like this is our lady in black and as soon as I said that the sleeve started moving up we were all shocked and so we were all I was checking all the windows because I was like there better not be a draft in here or something that was there was nothing that was all we could just look at and say that sleeve was going up we don't know why what's another big big experience I would say during the tours, all the other locations, it's just more like stranger citizens of downtown that are <laughs> uh, interrupting one of the ghost stories I'm having. So I'm like, okay, well, hey, hey, he's one of them. But like, that's basically the tin roof. I would say the Davis Horton, even inside the Horton Grand, there's been activity very, very slightly. I remember once uh, one of the rooms 209 that we talked about, we have to say uh, it's right through that big ornate mirror that we just passed overhead there. One night, a woman after the tour, she's like, is that mirror like a a weird two-way mirror? And I'm like, no, not to my knowledge. No, I don't think so. And she was like, I swear I could see a woman in red in that mirror. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, I I saw her outlined. It looked like it was a portrait almost of her. And I was like, I've never heard of that one before, but that's amazing. Things like that. I love, I tell all my tour my tour guests um tell me every creepy weird thing you have everything every single thing because you're talking to the right weirdo but yeah those are just some of the ghostly experiences I've had on the tours if if we talk personal experiences I could (laughs) I could come on forever but you take it away Bernice (laughs) 
So for me also, the carriage works, the Horton Davis house and the Horton Grand have really been, and I think it's because they're on 4th Street, which is away from the main hubbub of 5th Avenue. I have had a couple of people on my tours that were ghost magnets where even when we were on Fifth Avenue, they'd like kind of like do this and I'd be like, you're right. And they'd be like, well, something keeps pushing me. So there sometimes I have ghosts that stick around for the tour and they just seem very happy to like bother my guests, but they don't come to me. Now, one of the things I joke about um, in addition to being ghost repellent is that all the action is always happening when my back is turned. <laughs> when we were at the Balboa Theater on 4th, someone was taking pictures and they had orbs behind me and then someone else said they saw an unusually tall shadow of a man walk across the window of the theater and it was supposed to be closed because of covid and she <laughs> said she got chills because it looked like this guy just looked straight at her and we're across the street we're a very small group so it'd be very weird for this unusually tall shadow to just make eye contact with one of my guests from across the street directly. And she, she said she got chills from that. And then same thing with the carriage works. I have not run into the ghost boy, but I was telling the story when um, the Shout House piano factory next to the Edith garage that's connected to the tin roof. I talked about some of the things that can happen there include your drink will get knocked over for no reason if you're not paying attention in the bar. And oftentimes they say it's the ghost boy. And I was like, sounds like a bratty thing to do. And on cue, that is when this deadlocked door that was boarded up acted like it was trying to open. <laughs> I was okay, is that him? And so I tell people, I was like, okay, well, either that was our ghost boy. He didn't like that. Or maintenance man. Should I give him a dollar <laughs> tip? Should I thank him for spooking us right now? And the reason I say ghost repellent. So when it comes to the Horton Davis... I haven't had any full-blown apparitions, and I think there's a reason why. I think I got off on the wrong foot with the head honcho ghost, Anna Shepard. Mm. Anna Shepard, at one time, the Horton Davis house was a hospice run by a lady named Anna Shepard. She was paid a dollar per patient per day, maximum of 19 patients sometimes per day, or $19 per day. And she took care of people in the house. Many, many men, women, and children met their end under her tender care. And I tell people that some of the times Anna is the uh, only real, like, intensely full-bodied apparition that will be seen in her nurse's outfit beckoning you at the top of the stairs, as if to say, come, let me take care of you. And one night, when I was explaining this, I told someone, now, this is not a Stephen King, come, let me take care of you, but <laughs> caring nature. And after I had finished up that part of the explanation, uh, this boy who was doing a lot of ghost hunting gadgets off to the side, he was using some sort of cell phone where you can like have a word scrambler and it lets the ghosts pick the words at random. I guess it's somehow they're able to do that through the phone. And when I made that joke, the word that came up was dislike. And <laughs> I was like, I'm getting roasted from the other yes. side. <laughs> so, 
ever since then, I even like that night, I went back to the gates of the locked Horton Davis and I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't <laughs> I thought I was like helping people understand. But ever since then, she's like stonewalled me. So mm-hmm. I go into the Horton Davis house, nothing messes with me. I think they all like roll their eyes when I go in there. The most that I have had happen is one time the rocking chair was kind of rocking by itself. And then another time we were trying to look up to see if maybe Anna was at the top of the stairs. And one of the doors up there was slowly opening wider. And so that really scared the people I was with. (laughs) Sometimes people, again, they'll capture orbs, but I think Anna blacklisted me. And so I'm not allowed to have ghostly experiences anymore, even though I've tried numerous times to be like, she was a great lady. And I think (laughs) still here because she met an unfortunate end on a with a horse and carriage accident on fifth avenue and she's so nice and she's great but anna's just like no no (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah i hopefully one day she'll forgive you i think she'll (laughs) she'll show Uh, herself okay i I guess it's her house and i come to visit so she wants to cold shoulder me it's okay (laughs) yeah that's that's true that's actually a good way to think about it and on I'm such like a sucker for businesses that have had like really like amazing and like profound past of like a lot of I don't that sounds kind of bad of just like a lot of deaths in a certain place but like places that have been haunted and like and that stay open and then people who come in who are just like customers are able to experience that as well like I I love stories like that because I I don't think an experience like that can get any more genuine and um so I think that's been like one of my favorite things to kind of watch and hear about. I personally would love to tell you guys a story that happened to me once. I'll try, I will try my absolute best to make, to cut it short because I can ramble sometimes. Um, (laughs) But it's funny because it happened here in Benita in like Chula Vista area down in Southern San Diego. And I won't say my friend's name because her parents still live there. So some of my friends might be listening and know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) But my friend's parents had bought a house in Benita before we were born. So probably like 28, 29, 30 years ago, they purchased the house. It was, I think at the time it was known that unfortunately a dad had murdered his wife and child inside of the house. I'm not really, I'm not aware of like their backstory, but so my friend's parents purchased the house and they were young parents. So I think they were maybe like early twenties, maybe like late teens. And my friend's mom one day played the Ouija board in their attic with her friends. Whenever we try asking her about it, she's like, she'll shut it down immediately. She's like, I will never talk about it again. Don't ever ask me like, and you can tell she just like, gets really like, upset when it's mentioned so we never mention it again but her the one story that she did tell us is that when my friend was young um she was in her room in her crib crying and her mom walked into the room and saw a child next to her so that has been like one of the stories that she had told us so anytime I went to her house and slept over I was like scared shitless like I was like (laughs) oh my god like I don't know what's gonna happen and at at the time I was in high school so I was like 16 17 um but one night 
it was me and a group of friends. It was probably like eight or nine of us. It was a good amount of us. And we slept downstairs, had a sleepover in her living room. Um, and her stairs are on like the right side of us. And her parents' room has a cutout in the wall, which is kind of strange, but that cutout faces the wall next to the stairs. So it's really late. Of course, I'm the last one to fall asleep. This always happens. And I'm sitting there just like nervous and like, oh my God, I'm like, I just don't like to be awake when everyone else is asleep anyways. So it's probably like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And all of a sudden their TV turns on and I see the reflection on the wall, but it's like, it's the grainy, like blue, like it, nothing was on the TV. It was just a blue screen. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh my God, that has to be a coincidence. Maybe I'll turn it off. It doesn't turn off. And my friend's mom has a very distinct, like very deep, like Mexican mom voice. Like I can point her out in a crowd if I had to. So all of a sudden I hear this woman's voice and it's like very high pitched, like super high pitched, very like I just knew immediately it was not my friend's mom. And I was like, there's no way like, and if she was talking, like I would think her dad would say something like I would hear so like some type of conversation, but it was like absolutely night and day compared to my friend's mom's voice. And so I'm like sitting there. Okay. Like just close your eyes, just go to bed, just go to bed. And all of a sudden the TV turns off and there's no, there's like no reflection on the wall. I don't hear any voices. I somehow fall asleep. But in the morning when we wake up, all of the lights were turned on in the entire house, every single room, everything. And my friend was just like, yeah, this happens all the time. Like no one had been downstairs at all. All the lights were off when we went to bed. And that was like the one moment where I was like, okay, like I'm pretty sure, (laughs) pretty sure I had a weird experience there. Um, But I always think about that whenever I think of like any type of ghost stories, like that has always been my like one experience with anything eerie or ghost-like so that was the one story um that I have (laughs) but I I think that's like definitely made me like a believer too like it's it's always like okay like how why wouldn't I believe in that like I think it's kind of fun too like it makes you like I think it opens you up to like experiences too and I think that one story made me like a lot less scared of ghosts because like in my head I'm like nothing happened to me like I'm okay (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that was my one story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't imagine when you're young. It always happens when people are young. I think it's, yeah, it's that open-mindedness that just caught, catches you off guard. And like mm-hmm. moments like that, if you ask anyone who's a believer or non-believer, either they decided that they would shut off from there or that they would just keep going, which is, mm-hmm. I always think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. <laughs> and I, I don't know if like, if you guys have other personal stories that you guys want to tell I know Paloma you said you had a lot um (laughs) (laughs) but like anything that sticks out like anything that like what actually I know that Paloma you said like when you were younger like it was kind of always always around you to be a believer but like for both of you was there ever like that one moment or experience where you're like okay this is real like this I believe in this so I think especially considering how normally ghost repellent I am what really brings the ghosts out is love. All the stories that I have had have been connected to either someone who loved someone that was like a friend or a significant other, or one that was someone that I loved. And so I think it's because they know my bad jokes don't mean anything and they know (laughs) not to shun me. 
when I was five, I was very close to my grandfather and he passed very suddenly of a heart attack. And I remember one night just for no reason at all, waking up and sitting up from my bunk bed and seeing the outline of a man in a suit staring back at me. And I didn't feel scared. I didn't even quite understand. I thought it was the after image from the back of your eye when you wake up from a dream or when you stare at something from too long for too long and then you look somewhere else, you see that little after image. And so I thought it was that and I kind of went back to sleep and it, I didn't piece it together until like many years later that it could have very possibly been my grandfather coming to say goodbye. And then another story I had, uh, it was funny enough, I had an ex who was half Cuban. So it's just kind of like, there seems to be a rule that if you have a Hispanic background, you have a ghost somewhere in your family or at your mm -hmm. aunt's house or house. And that's the rule. It doesn't work for words like me, but that's, that's what it is. So one of my first real boyfriends in college, um, his father died very suddenly when he was two and that father spirit seemed to follow them wherever they went. And so one night we were sitting in his room and he was talking about how he had the best experience of his life with his grandfather who also died, who was like a father figure as well in Boy Scouts playing baseball and how it was like some of the best years of his life. And out of nowhere, we just hear what sounds like a rubber, like blue tennis ball, like bounce down the hall and then roll into the room. And we look and we don't see a ball anywhere in the room. And it was just like so sudden that we didn't really have time to react. And then different time, I was with his sister and I was, I was trying to get her to watch Army of Darkness because <laughs> Disney and I was like just kind of trolling her with some <laughs> darkness in the middle of the day and we hear like someone walking around in the kitchen and opening and closing cabinet doors and so we think like oh it's either her brother or her mom and she calls out and nobody answers so us being nerds we we had like rapier foils and we just went back <laughs> to back throughout the entire house looking and we could not find so we just had to write it off as a ghost. Gosh, I know. I don't know how I would react <laughs> in those situations. <laughs> That's so interesting when you said that his dad had passed when he was two and he felt like he was following him around because the exact same thing happened to me, actually. When I turned to, um, my dad, unfortunately, had cancer at the time that could not be treated. So when he passed, we had to move out of um, L.A. where we, we were staying and come here to San Diego. And... Um, I remember being little and my aunt, she grew up knowing that she was like, yeah, I can see ghosts and I can talk to spirits and that's just who I am. And so when my dad passed, I was confused about everything around me. So I was like, why is everyone so sad all the time? I don't, I don't understand. We're going to see dad soon, aren't we? Like, I just didn't get it. And then, so my aunt was like, okay, all of you are avoiding teaching this child about death. So I'm going to teach her. And uh, she would take me to graveyards to talk to people <laughs> and um not the I don't know if it helped or hurt me but here I am today and I remember being at a graveyard once with my aunt and we were doing EVPs like the recording voices and asking questions um I was probably like 
four at the time at this graveyard asking ghosts, hi, is anyone here? And then my aunt's over behind me somewhere doing the same thing, but she's like probably a couple feet away from me. And then all of a sudden at this gravestone, I see this man, I see like a blurry outline of him. And the only picture I have of my dad in my head is the pictures that I've seen. I can't remember him. Um, and there's this one picture I have of him where he has his, he always used to wear this look, but sunglasses, baseball cap, because he was like the cool guy all the time. And then he also has like this huge windbreaker and just regular pants. And I remember looking up and like, I could kind of make out that similar outfit. I'm like, then I call out, I'm like, dad. And he looked over at me and he just like waved and I could see a smile. And then I like turned back to tell my aunt and then I turned back around and I'm like, he's not there. And my aunt was like, oh, I believe you. He's probably just looking out. And I'm like, okay. And that was like the first ever experience I had where I was like, okay, I guess this is normal. Like it, it was very weird, but very like, I just got to keep going. And then after that, I wouldn't say I'm like as strongly attached to that ability as my aunt is because it's like a lot of what she does but I would say I have a bit of that in me I feel like not to out my family but we're a family of like witches and psychics in my opinion and my mother would hate me saying that but she's a little psychic too there's there's instances where we have those experiences together and I'm like wow yeah very much like when you're open to it so many things happen around you which is interesting um, it was definitely that moment seeing my dad and then another separate moment actually in high school when I went over to my friend's house at that moment you just kind of forget thinking about stuff like that until it comes up right and um, we were in her house and she'd always said like yeah you know I'm like there's just a weird there's something here I don't know it's like a weird energy every night I go to bed and I like feel like someone's watching me and I'm like okay well let's test it out you go to bed I'll hide in your closet and I'll like see if anything appears because that because we're freaking scooby-doo I guess so she falls asleep I hide in the closet and I have it like cracked open a little bit I'm like on my phone and it's like 3 a.m witching hour and I'm about to like pass out myself and then I hear something like creak like the floorboard and I was just like oh okay they're here or whatever I don't know what I expected to see and I like cracked it open an apparition, just a black shadow standing over my friend, which is never a good sign because usually in my own research and experience, if something like that is hovering over you, something very negative has attached itself to you. And it's not necessarily mean demons or anything like that, but just you have negative energy in your life that's just looming over you and this thing has come over. And so I told her the next day, but in a nicer way. So I was like, I don't know how you tell someone they have a black mass standing over their bed and she was like, I think it's my dad. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, my dad left us like months ago. And he, the last time he left us, he was like, I'll be back, you know? And it's just like such a weird thing that I'm sure somehow manifested itself. But it's like, again, that's why I always like to tell people like ghosts aren't necessarily someone who has always passed. Sometimes it really is your own ghost that just manifests themselves in that way. And if you don't confront it, it can really be a ghost that just haunts you and follows you forever. Um, so that was my other experience with a ghost of something that hasn't even passed, just something that existed there, which was very, very eerie, but very interesting. And that's a good way to think about it. I don't think I've ever thought about it of like manifesting your own type of 
ghosts and things that you won't confront. And I think that's another question because I've heard this a lot of where people explain how ghosts are people who have passed to like have unresolved business here on earth. Do you guys feel like that's a blanket statement for all ghosts? Like, do you really feel like that does explain kind of why people are still here or why we have instances like that? I can definitely explain a majority of it, I feel, because it is true to an extent that I believe even things like debts that people had in their life once they passed can like hold them here. And that's obviously what we see in the gas lamp and what the stories we tell of like all these people, like Bernice said, that have lives here that were just unfinished. But you, who's going to survive in a place like that? So it's very interesting in that sense. But I also think sometimes it could be because that's easier for people to believe. It's like, oh, this is a problem that could be solved. But sometimes ghosts are not that agreeable. They're not that, okay, yeah, you paid off my debts. I'm still going to be here. I don't care. I'm dead. What, what debts do I need to care about? Like things like that where I've seen where my aunt is like, okay, I told this ghost what you did, but they're going to stay wherever they want to stay. Like this beyond that people think about isn't as black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that, yeah, sometimes in the case of people like Anna Shepard, where their lives were cut short too soon, that maybe they want to stay around for just to watch after the place. Uh, One story that one of the docents told us was that one time these people, they had the upstairs closed off to remodel and they found some people upstairs And they said, well, the other docent told us to come up the stairs and that she said, you know, I'm really happy with what they've done with the place. And so she's like, oh, I'm the only one here. You were talking to a ghost. Um, So it's just kind of like, yeah, I, I think. And there's even on our Old Town walking tour, there's a lot of ghosts like that where they like being where they're at and through like seance boards or through communication with psychics they've just kind of said like no we like it here um we want to stick around and just see how things turn out and I think too sometimes maybe a ghost can be dormant and then certain activity can bring it back because certain buildings especially have had many incarnations in both Gas Lamp and in Old Town where they worked as different things. And then when they get closer to back what they were originally intended for, it kind of brings back that old energy, almost as if pulling them out of a sleep, as if saying like, hey, you're in your element now, Uh, have fun. Knock over that guy's drink. Uh, (laughs) Interesting what you said about how um, sometimes you can manifest your own ghost because there are things called tulpas. And mm-hmm. are, you create the, the monster, the mythology through believing in it so intensely and enough people believing in it. And then once that thing is created, it does not want to go away because once you've pulled it out of like the void, it's like, I don't want to go back there. I'm Polly fourth. I am Bigfoot. I am the lattice people. I am, you know, Skungili man or, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. I will, I will reign forth now. I think there's just so much that it's hard to explain and it doesn't need to be all explained. Even for like people who are more history-based like me, if a ghost wanted to tell me what it was really like back then and get my notes a little better for better storytelling, for better legacy preservation, yeah, stick around and tell me stuff. 
Yeah, I think, Bernice, I, th- I feel like you've given me a new, like, appreciation for backstories. I love the history that you know and, like, are giving up about all the stories that you guys have experienced and even on the ghost tours because I think it's, like, easy to get caught up in the moment of, like, oh, there might be ghosts here, but, like, actually hearing about their backstory and, like, their history, I think makes, especially me, like, a lot more open to understanding or willing to experience that in real time. But I I really appreciate, like, just the way you talk about history because it just, like, it really reels me in, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I I think, like, maybe just a couple more questions for you guys. Bernice, it was about your grandpa who had passed away and, like, when you had woke up, kind of saw an outline of him. So is that like, cause I've had that happen to me once and it's really strange. I'm like a, I'm a stomach sleeper. So I'm always laying on my stomach, but weird shit always happens to me when I'm laying on my back. Like it happens every single time, like lucid dreaming, like sleep paralysis, like just crazy stuff like that. And I remember one time I was laying on my back woke up and saw an outline of a man. He had like a white shirt on, he had jeans on and I couldn't make out his face, but he had like gelled back hair. And I've always thought like in that moment, like I didn't feel scared at all. Like it, I I don't know why, like, and I'm a pretty spooked person. Like if I'm like at my house by myself, I will be scared. (laughs) Like, um, so like, it was really like interesting to me that like something like that could happen and not be scared. Um, but I never thought of it as like, not that it wasn't a ghost encounter, but like, I was always like questioning, like, what could this be? Like, is, and I thought the same thing of like, was I just dreaming of this person? And then it, you know, I woke up and I just so happened to see that. Um, But I would kind of like, love to hear like maybe your take on that, Bernice. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happens to my husband as well. If he sleeps on his back, he's definitely going to have sleep paralysis. And I have to like nudge him. And then Mm -hmm. like, I think if it it is specifically happening on your back and it doesn't matter where you are, whether it's your house or anywhere else, or, Mm. you know, and do you ever feel like there's a strange sense of calm or otherworldliness, like that kind of make feel like something is not quite right, but there's no real cause for alarm. So the crazy thing is, and I, I don't know, people might think I'm wild for saying this, but like, it's happened to me so often. And it's happened to me, like, since I was a kid that now at this point, if I'm sleeping and in my dream, like, I know I have sleep paralysis or like something really bad is happening. I can like talk to myself in my dream and like calm myself down. And then I like have like these weird things. This is, oh my, I'm going to sound so fucking crazy right now. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, in my dreams, they're like specifically if it's like, cause I have a lot of weird dreams about like people trying to hurt me and like, and in the moment in my dream, I will literally hit myself in my dream to wake myself up and I will wake up and it happens every single time. And like, it's the weirdest, strangest thing. And before, like, it used to be one of those things where like, I used to try and hit myself and you know how you have those dreams where like you try and do something and something's pulling you back so hard or like your Mm -hmm. hand weighs a million pounds and you just can't do it. Like that's how it used to be for me. And then after a while, like I finally started getting like that control in my dreams and it just, it sounds so strange to me, but like that, it always happens. And like, again, it's always when I'm laying on my back. It's never when I'm laying on my stomach. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, you're a dream warrior. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cool that you can like get to yourself where you can like lucid dream. I've, I've only been able to do that a couple times mm-hmm. and it was fun every time, but it, I mean, it could vary. It could be supernatural. It could be the fact that whatever is causing, like maybe when your head is tipped back to the, the chemical for brain sleep is just like extra strong you like kind of pull the tap into turbo mode being on Mm -hmm. your back it could go either way and but the fact that you're like seeing them oh here's here's how we'll know whether it's sleep paralysis or something spooky when you see the shadowy figures can you move because for my husband he Mm -mm. sees witches cackling and like aliens flying around but the minute he moves like it all disappears because the sleep process is broken. So I feel yeah. like the way you would be able to tell like between ghost and paralysis would be mm-hmm. like, are you moving at all? Do you have any control of your body when you're seeing that figure? Yeah. So it's when I see the figure, I can't move. If it's like, if it's mm-hmm. an instance where it's like a bad dream of where I can actually like see the person. And it's like a, like, to me, it's a real person. I can, but in times like, and now that you say you asked me before, if it happens all the time, typically for whatever reason, whenever I'm laying on my back, it's always in my parents' house. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's my parents' house in my room. And, and like right now I'm living in my parent, I'm living at my parents' house and that has happened to me while I'm here. And it's always like, I'll be asleep and I'll literally be in my room. Like that's what's in my dream. And it'll be a figure that comes into my room. And that's when I can't move. Maybe it's something in your future. I know a lot of people, their dreams Considering the amount of control you have, there's definitely some abilities in your brain that I think would allow you to do this, but also at the risk of sounding cuckoo crazy. But I have seen it happen before where my friend, every time they drive home, she says, I always look at my rear room mirror and I see a little boy. And I was like, I don't think your car is haunted. And she's like, no, it's old, but I don't think anything happened in it. And um, she's like, but without fail, every year since college started, I've seen this little boy in my rearview mirror, like he's sitting in the back of my car, but it doesn't feel creepy. It just feels like, you know, I feel him watching me and I feel him there. And after like talking to her for a while about it, I was like, I think you're seeing your child. I think you're seeing your future son. And she was like, but that doesn't make any sense. People don't do that. And I'm like, things present themselves to you in the weirdest of ways. And Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't doubt that it would be dreams too. It's also sometimes manifestations that maybe you just buried deep down. And the fact that it, you said you used to do this when you were a kid, Mm -hmm. it makes sense because there's things that maybe you're not aware of that you want or need yet, and they can disappear to you. I know for me, um, when I was little, I did a lot of lucid dreaming without knowing about it until I got older. Um, As a kid, I feel like you just kind of, fall down certain rabbit holes sometimes Mm -hmm. and I used to always dream of an earthquake and at first every therapist was like it's just an anxiety dream everyone has those but I'm like but it's not like the ground is shaking I have no control I'm walking through this earthquake (laughs) and they're like I don't know it sounds like anxiety and I'm like okay I know what anxiety is whatever (laughs) and I remember um, waking up one day and it was spring I think it was Easter Sunday my whole house is shaking and no one's in it 
and I'm walking through the house and it was the big one, the big earthquake that we had a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. that was the dream. It happened. And then I haven't had the dream since. And it, it, things like that, where it's like, I think everyone's a tiny bit psychic about themselves and about what they want. So who knows? Who knows what's, who's in your future? Maybe it's someone important. Yeah. Like, that scares me. <laughs> I'm like, wait, <laughs> if you scare me, my dreams. <laughs> I know. I care. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy too. Cause, um, my mom's dad passed away two years before I was born, I believe. Um, but my mom has always like made him a really big presence in all of our lives. Like always telling stories about him. Like obviously I have pictures of him. So like, I think when I woke up and I saw that and I knew that I was like, I wasn't scared. Like the first person that came to mind was him. Cause that's like the only male, like prominent male, like person that has passed are on my mom's side, but I just never know. I don't know. I think it, I don't know. Sometimes I, I am, I feel like I am pretty intuitive about certain things, but I don't know. It's so crazy. I've never talked about any of this stuff out loud, <laughs> especially the dream stuff. I like never, but I've always been curious. I've always thought about it. Like, why does this keep happening to me? Like there has to be like a bigger picture here, but I, I don't know. I think it's just like, it's an interesting it's an interesting world out there. I think like it's, it's cool having different experiences and kind of being open to that stuff. But I don't know if you guys have like any other like stories that you want to tell, want to get into anything. Before I tell like to study more ghost stories, I just want to say whether or not it's a dream or something, uh, dreams are very important. I have super vivid dreams all the time. And so I've been writing down my dreams since I was like 12. So mm-hmm. I've got like a dream diary. And you, it, if you do that, you might find that years down the line or even months from now, when you look back, there might be something about those dreams that were trying to tell you something about either your state of mind where you were at, what your anxieties were, because I can basically go back from like age 12 to about now. I've kind of gotten a little lazy about writing them down. Just kind of like see different, I guess you could call it character arcs (laughs) or bothering me at the time versus things that like I was more um, excited about back then. And so I would say definitely whatever you decide they are, don't ignore it. And if you want to write it down so that maybe later on you can have essentially your own history, uh, your own history context to look back Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, yes, this was the part in my life where I was at this point. And I kept seeing this person all through my life, but they kept changing in appearance or instead of laying down, they were standing over me or instead of standing over me, they were like pacing around and maybe it'll correlate to like what's going on in your waking life. Yeah, no, I, I definitely need to do that. I feel like I'm one of those people I will, I know a lot of people forget their dreams, but like, I will forget them almost immediately. So I, there's some like a couple that are for whatever reason embedded in my brain, but I definitely want to start writing them down. Cause I think it would probably answer a lot of my questions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. The more you do it, like if you wake up and your journal is like right there, the more you do it, the easier, you, easier time you'll have remembering 
the more you know about yourself too I feel like even even if it's a silly dream like I remember I used to there's this root called mugwort that you can make tea out of and it makes you have very vivid dreams and my therapist recommended it because I was having trouble sleeping and as soon as I started drinking this tea every night it was like all these dreams laid out before me that I would write down the next morning of like oh wow this is like this is connected to what I'm going through right now. And this is what I feel. But also could be silly things like I had a lot of spicy food last night and I had a nightmare and what, okay. So I guess that was what spicy food does to me. Like I've heard a lot of people say that. And so it's like different experiences can show you different things. Your psyche will act the way it wants. And so it's always important, always important to listen to yourself. What's going on in here. Yeah, that's definitely good advice. And maybe I, you know, I would love to kind of hear what your guys' opinion is on like, if someone was listening and like, doesn't believe in ghosts at all. I know that you guys said on your tours, like, you're not there to prove anything. You're not there to like, make someone a believer. Um, But like, yeah, if if you had someone who is really skeptic, but like willing to listen, um, kind of what would you guys tell them? I think what I first ask is, okay, what is the experience you had that made you think ghosts are baloney? Did you watch too many scary movies growing up? Did your parents raise you to not believe in fun things? Usually when people are non-believers, they don't believe a lot of other mythologies. Mm -hmm. And that makes me think, oh, you weren't raised with any creativity. You weren't raised with the capacity to imagine things beyond your dreams, which is fine. Um, It happens. but I usually take the conversation. I had someone recently who was like, so what do you really, do? What? why are you doing this? Do you believe in ghosts or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I do. But that's not why I do this. And he's like, well, why else would you do it? And I'm like, well, again, I want to tell this story. And I always say this throughout the tour too, where it's like, this girl was murdered at a location. She was 17 years old. And every time I'm telling this story, I'm like, who speaks for her? course I do now but back Mm -hmm. then if you're in the beyond somewhere that is how you speak you're you're haunting this location with your story and your presence still in some way whether people choose to see it or not so then I kind of switch it on them and I'm like do you choose to see what you believe or do you want to believe in more because that's a little funner in my personal opinion (laughs) but that's usually where it goes where I'm just like well I'm asking you to just believe in a little bit more believe in a little bit more for this tour you don't have to believe in a ghost you don't have to believe in anything else but believe in this story for a second just a second at the very root of everything is a story that needs to be told and if you choose not to believe it then you're not going to have as much fun on this tour (laughs) like you know and that's really where it comes down to where it's like I can't convince you of something but I can ask that you allow yourself to 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 be told a story yeah so if somebody's a super skeptic for them i usually tell them like you know this tour is 50 50. if you want to hear the historical parts and that's where your ears are going to perk up don't worry i've done my research i have the receipts for you after the tour if you want like i've had people come up to me after the tour they're like yeah that was so cool where did you get your research And I'll like pull it up on my phone and like my bookmarks and be like, this is a really good one. Take a picture of my phone. This is what you're going to Google. Okay, here's another one. And then for people who are maybe not so historically inclined, who just are like, well, I I just don't believe. 
to them, I'm like, I usually tell them like, well, you know, I, I sit on the fence myself. I believe that there can be an explanation for everything and whatever you choose to believe is up to you. So if you really need to have, and I don't say it like this, but (laughs) really need to have that like strong, logical anchor to reality and maybe, maybe they're, maybe they're just a little scared that maybe there is, maybe it's mm-hmm. a thing where it's like, I can't allow myself to believe something outside of the laws of science don't exist. One thing I do also, I'll tell them at one of our tour stops where there's called the dead zone, where there's a lot of activity going on late at night. And it seems to be a magnet for trouble, including I'll tell people like, whether you believe in ghosts or not, it is a law of nature that energy cannot be created or destroyed. So we having this energy, it's up to debate where it goes when we die. And some people believe that if there was a traumatic enough incident, some of your energy will stick to the source of the trauma, thus creating what we can understand as ghosts. And sometimes for the science people, it really breaks it down for them like, okay, I see what you're doing here, but I'll I'll listen. And I think it's because I try not to pull any tricks and Mm -hmm. that I'm so very excited to tell all the stories and I'm clearly enjoying what I'm doing that even the skeptics are like, I I got a kick out of it. It was a one man show for two hours. So I, you know, I think for the most part, nobody, nobody's really come up to me and been like, so why you really do this? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's because they like see the hat. And they're like, oh, she made that hat. Clearly she's not. Yeah, she's in it to win it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. People people haven't like really tried to interrogate me. I did have one guy who was like kind of trying to give me a hard time. Mm-hmm. But then he didn't do my tour. He went, I think, on your tour instead, Mina. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was like some guy with like a really intense New York accent. I know who you're talking about. That's the guy who was older. That was re- yeah. like that guy. Okay. So I don't yeah. know if I convinced him by the end of the night, but I definitely, because when people yeah. have firm beliefs in reality, I'm like, I have firm beliefs in ghosts. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you see that I'm not a crazy person <laughs> when yeah. I'm telling you these stories. And so yeah. I try to bring myself down to a level of neutrality where I'm like, okay, we're all here. I'm telling this story. Why would I believe there's a ghost here? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, mm-hmm. this event was pretty huge. For example, the dead zone. It's seen over f- three deaths, 25 injuries, and continuous activity that happens just there in a four-corner intersection randomly. Yeah. And um, I try to explain to people, like, if you believe everything in life is random, then why does this all randomly collect here? There's nothing random. There's nothing random about you being on this tour tonight. There's nothing random about me taking a step to this next place. We all know everything we're supposed to do every day. These things just slip through the cracks. These are not random events in the sense that they're, they don't mean anything. Everything means everything. I try to make sure people know there's a meaning behind everything. And sometimes that meaning is that there's no meaning. And so it's kind of going in a circle with them most of the time, especially with that guy where he would ask me so many questions. And he was one of the ones to interrogate me at the end where he was like, why, why do you bring yourself to this point? Why do you why do you do a job like this? And I'm like, because I believe what I am saying is true. And I believe what I'm doing is just 
aren't you doing the same things every day for your family, for yourself? He's like, okay. (laughs) So I I think you made a believer out of him. (laughs) Yeah. And even if I didn't, he paid for the tour. So, you know, (laughs) he decided that he was going to try. That's what I think people go on this tour for, even if they do believe they're going to try it. And that's, that's what I try to like ride off of that and be like, okay, even if you don't believe you're, you're trying to hear me out right now, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's all about giving them a good experience and something to walk away from, you know, because mm-hmm. you're going to be with them for two hours. You're going to make them walk a mile and a half with you and make them go into some spooky places. And like, uh, on the, one of the old town tours, we go in the cemetery and some people will just loiter at the front. They're too scared. And same with the yep. house. We've had a couple of people have just too scared. They don't want to go in. It's and, crazy. And it's like, you try to reassure them at that point, you'd be like, Hey, we wouldn't like have you go into a place where like ghosts are going to scratch you and hurt you. Yeah. But you know, you, you just want to make it memorable for them. You want to make it so that they walk away being like, yeah, that was a good two hours of my time in Gaslamp or Old Town, and I, ha- I had a good night. You don't want to be like, all right, well, that was uh, interesting, and now moving on, we're going to go get drinks. and uh, for- <laughs> Right, yeah, and sometimes you can't convince everyone. At the end of it, sometimes there's some groups that I've had where I'm like, hmm, you like that one just didn't, I couldn't do anything with that one, and we've talked to our boss, and I feel like he tells us all the same thing. It's like, Some people just want to walk around and do something Mm -hmm. and you got to do your job at the end of the day. If you're not giving a hundred percent every time, you're going to blame yourself at the end of that tour. Mm -hmm. And um, so that really helps me a lot to believe, okay, as long as I'm doing my job and not overextending myself to the last possible second, then I know, okay, then that's not about me. This tour is just about the tour and about the stories. And I delivered Mm -hmm. that to them. And that's what I have to be happy about. <laughs> and I mean, it, with that being said, like where, if you are in the San Diego area, where can people find Haunted San Diego Ghost Tours? And where can they look to maybe take one of your guys's tours or even your guys' social media as well? Yes. So we are Haunted San Diego Ghost Tours, Haunted SD Tours or haunted sd ghost tours i have the business card upstairs i can yeah mine are somewhere (laughs) Uh, we have an instagram as well as our website we even have a tiktok we've been trying to do more regular tiktok publishing our tours we run seven days a week as long as that tour makes the minimum count of people required because insurance not a spooky thing but definitely required So you have to make sure you have enough people so that you can go inside buildings safely. Mm -hmm. But we have at minimum two tours options a night, sometimes three, maybe even four. Uh, Halloween's going to be a nice, busy season. Mm -hmm. Um, We're also, I think it's Haunted SD Ghosts on our TikTok as well as Instagram. And I believe that they're working on a YouTube channel just to do a couple little teasers to give you a better feel of what the area is like. And if you want to even go on a tour with us, you just have to email uh, or the, the reservation number or the reservation email, you just have to name drop us. You would name drop Mina, M-E-N-A, mm-hmm. uh, or Bernice, B-E-R-N-I-C-E. 
um, and just say like, I want one of their tours. And then if it's far enough in the future, they can pick a time that like works with you. If it's um, a little shorter notice, we then our boss can say like, oh, well, these are the tours they're doing on these nights. Uh, these mm -hmm. are the time slots that they're available. Yay. Well, I, this was honestly such a fun episode. I love anything Halloween and <laughs> my sister and I are definitely going to come and take your guys' tours. Cause I am so excited and I want to hear more about the history and see you guys in action, but thank you so much for joining me. This has been so much fun. And if you guys want to say any last couple words to our listeners, um, go ahead. I'll close out the way I close out my tours. So go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, honestly, being empowered as a spooky woman in a spooky world feels great. And I hope everyone has the capacity to stay spooky and be spooky. Mm -hmm. Love that. So what I always say at the end of my tours, I tell people, if I have one last piece of advice, it is live your life as if you too will be part of a ghost tour. Now, what do I mean by that? I don't mean go jaywalking. What I mean is live your life vibrant. Live a life full of adventure. Live a life worth talking about. I love that so much. That's like great advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, you guys. I had so much fun and, um, and I will be seeing you guys shortly. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for sharing your dreams with us. Yes. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for letting me bet. <laughs> of course. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.